Welcome in to Take the Points, Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier, and Marcus Julio Watch is officially over. He's on the Titans. That is very exciting as a fantasy. We've been talking fantasy football, of course, the last few weeks, so the, the wheels are spinning in that regard. Let's just dive right into it, my friend. First thoughts when you hear Julio, Brown, Henry, uh, it's kind of exciting. Like if you're building a team on Madden, like you got to feel good about it from a Madden standpoint. That team is going to be scary just from like a physical and athletic standpoint, right? Like Derrick Henry is the most imposing running back in the NFL. And now you have AJ Brown, maybe the best receiver after the catch. And now you add Julio. Jeez, those four defensive backs in the AFC South. I feel so bad for him. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, from a, a pregame standpoint, these, this group is, oh, yeah. is just a group of monsters. Uh, and so, yeah, they're going to win when they walk out of the tunnel. So uh, a reminder, guys, check out the pod, Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Go to thegameday.com, see what prices our affiliates have. So, Marcus, we've got Will Brinson in today from CBS Sports. Really looking forward to talking to him. Uh, not just a football, a senior football expert for them, but also a golf aficionado has one of the greatest daily uh, fantasy caches that I can remember uh, that I don't know a ton about. Looking forward to talking to him. So we've got lots of stuff going on. We're going to focus on the AFC with him. We're getting a little closer to the season, actually, which feels good. You could start to feel those juices flowing. And mm-hmm. as a result, let's do a little fill in the blank. That's AFC do focus, it. but also has some newsy tentacles to it so uh you mentioned the the group of skill position players that they have at tennessee mark as i ask you blank is the number one receiver in tennessee it's aj brown i think julio jones is still a really really good receiver i just think he's in a different role right he's going to be the the roddy white like when he was in atlanta right when you know he was kind of feeling that number two job uh creating big plays he's not going to be the guy that gets 12 15 targets a game anymore uh, it's A.J. Brown, and a little spoiler, Adam, uh, oh I did an article this week for the, the game day, the top 25 players under 25, A.J. Brown inside the top five at number two. I think he's an absolute star. He's going to have a monster, monster season. To me, it's still Julio. Now, it, okay. I, well, and we rarely disagree on these, actually. Come That's to think a, of it. I'm it's shocked. Record scratch. No, I still believe when healthy – that is a force of, of football nature that I don't think I we've seen. And again, I've spent a lot of time at Alabama. I've got the Nick Saban bias, the local bias, like just penetrating my brain, beating me down. When healthy, that's a big question here. I still mm-hmm. think he's got the goods. And I still think he does things and scares people in a way that probably Brown should and will. I just think Julio, assuming he hasn't lost a step, like when he played last year, he was still phenomenal. Like, yeah, I think he'll still be phenomenal regardless, Marcus. It's awesome that they can have that con- that we can have that conversation. I think it speaks volumes to your confidence in Brown and the town of Julio and win total impact things like we'll talk with, with Will on that, man, I would not want to cover those dudes. Either of them. Best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Yes. Maybe I think so. I, I mean, yeah. I, I think in terms, and also the, just the perfect combination. They, yes. They're talking about sharing numbers. Like there's just this, the synergistic, football components of this are amazing. What would be the second best? I, I mean, I, I know I'm getting off track, but what I'm trying to think who would even compete with that. So I think like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin deserve Close. some recognition. I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are also really good. good. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett deserve really some good. praise as well. Uh, I still really like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I think those two, I mean, do. I know I'm a little bit yeah. biased, but 
Uh, I, I think that's a really good one as well. All right, let's move to Tennessee as a whole, right? We're trying to process this. The Titans are now the blank best team in the AFC. And you got to go down the list I, a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. W- w- yeah. how far down do you have to go for that? I think they're like the fifth or sixth best team in the AFC. And that's not a slight to them at all. I just think the AFC is really, really good. I think before the Julio Jones trade, they were probably seven or eight. I do think this has bumped them up a little bit more. It's made them more explosive on offense, but I still think there's a tier or maybe even two tiers ahead of them. I think you could make the case for them in that fourth to eighth spot. Yes. Want to talk to Will a little bit about the depth of the AFC. Again, it's not a knock. I just think there's a lot of teams once you get past the first two in Kansas City and Buffalo that can make a pretty compelling argument. So do you think they should be the favorites in the AFC South right now? Probably. Um, probably. I trust Tannehill more than Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, that's really what it just comes down to. I, I would say so. What a, what a statement that well, is. Considering, think, of, think if I would have told you that two years ago, that I trust Ryan Tannehill more than Carson Wentz. And I don't think necessarily – the Julio, of course, you have to – it really does change it, right? Like, But it's also yeah. not like this – a wide receiver, no matter how good or how healthy, how young, it's not going to flip these odds dramatically. No. Um, no. Regardless of what the internet says. So, But still, it's a big deal. And they needed it too. Yep. It fills in a void more than anything else. So I think, um, I think I'm with you on that. Like I, I think that's a fair assessment there. Well, let's get to the AFC as a whole. The top three AFC teams in your eyes are the Chiefs, the Bills, and then the Ravens. I think the first two it's going to be pretty much the consensus for everybody. It's that third team. Is it Cleveland uh, who improved their defense? You know, in free agency this year. Is it somebody like Pittsburgh who won 12 games last year? I like the Ravens just because the special teams are always so good. John Harbaugh just doesn't lose a lot of games. Lamar Jackson is 30 and seven as a starter in the NFL and they can run the ball. There's just not a lot of flaws in this team. I, I, I know they haven't really gotten over the hump yet with Lamar Jackson, but I still think they, they are a really, really solid team. I'd go Chiefs, Bills, Browns, but I want to ask you something a little bit more interesting. If Denver lands Aaron Rodgers, are they that third team? I think they're the second team. Oh, 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 wow. Look at you. You're very good. Well, just because that, that team is already ready to go on the def- defensive side. The offensive line is really good with Mike Munchak and they've got the weapons. So I, listen, I think the Broncos are an average quarterback away from being the seventh or eighth team right now in the conference. If you add the top two or three quarterback, yeah, of course, I think they're the number two or number three team in the AFC. Post edit, we need a dramatic sound effect because you just came over the top smashed a phone book on yep. my head dun 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 like i mean that was we we need we need rogers and mahomes to play each other twice a year at least twice a year how much fun would that be? well and the odds are kind of denver they're just sort of middling i mean both both yeah. denver and green yeah. bay are kind of just like odds makers are they don't know themselves. yeah they have no idea what to do with them nope, at, they're just throwing their hands up in there all right let's move on from the afc now and focus in on some of the things that are some of the happenings if you will speaking of denver and aaron rogers uh, Devontae Adams has been, let's say, not shy, yelling from a mountaintop uh, that he wants Aaron Rodgers, right? That he wants – that's his guy. Yeah. So Devontae Adams yelling from a mountaintop will blank the Rodgers situation. Not help it, right? Because we know that Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams, and we know that he obviously wants him back. This is this is no new information. Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay because of the front office and the ownership or the president or whoever you want to say that's at top there. 
it, he's already said it's it's not about it, it's it's about the people, right? And there's people that are there that just aren't going to leave. So I don't think Rogers or Adam saying that he wants Rogers back is going to change anything. I mean, he basically said like, I'm out of here. If, if this happens, right. Like politely, like I think he's handled yeah, it. Yeah. He hasn't quite gone rogue yet, but I'm with you. Like this is a, it, like a back end in terms of organization that like drafted Jordan love. They clearly yeah. don't give a bleep about this. They, like, no. they, they have their vision, whether you agree with it or yeah. not. Right now, probably not. Um, and so even a guy like Adams, like if you're going to go a certain route here, you're committing to the much a much bigger future than Ian Devontae Adams, mm. which is frankly kind okay. of scary for how good as he's been. Stay in the NFC. Saints, Sean Payton's QB battle will blank the 2021 Saints. I think it'll cripple the Saints because I do think Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. and Even if Jameis you know, ends up being the starter, we're going to see a ton of Taysom Hill. I just don't think you can work like that in today's NFL. Like you have to have a guy, you have to have the leader. I would, I would credit Sean Payton so much more if he just came out and said right now, Hey, Taysom Hill is our starter and we're sticking with him, you know, through the entire season. I think that it would actually be better for the saints as weird as that sounds, but this two QB situation just doesn't work. I'm going to say stall. I have a, I have yeah. a hard time evaluating this organization, um, both like the current and the future in terms of, just where they are, right? And and yep. so I still believe there could be some good years, but I think the debt, like the bill is due on what the Saints have been done. Sadly, they didn't cash in completely, right? Like they, they didn't, or they, at least they haven't in a long time. Not in a decade, right? Not in a decade. So it's almost larger than the QB situation, but there's stubbornness involved. There's, an, there's ego involved. Like there's a lot of things involved in here beyond just the people that they have. I just think Marcus for... I don't know what the expectation we'll, we'll talk NFC next week, obviously, which is a really interesting team. I just think it's not going to go well. Um, so, so if Sean Payton came out now and said that Jameis is our starter and they're basically just going to make Taysom, you know, a tight end or a wide receiver, what would you project the win total for the saints? Because I, I think that does change the equation a lot. I'd like that by the way, I I'd say I like, would that be a good thing? That feels like the best possible scenario yeah, of yeah. the scenarios. Right. And well, then I also think you could get some good value on new Orleans to win that division. Right. They won it last year with Drew Brees, basically being a shell of himself and Taysom Hill starting a handful of games. So yeah, that, I, I would feel much better about that. Team. What I mean, 11 we, we got to get 17 schedule 17 game schedule we have to adjust like are you is that 11 win 10, team 10 10 11 somewhere in there 10 probably they did lose quite a bit on defense they lost some offensive linemen uh I, 10 to 11 feels right though and that's that's a playoff team in the nfc you, you hopefully have a healthy thomas kamara was brilliant last year despite basically doing it by himself um i do think that clarity that simple those simple sentences of what you said I would feel a heck of a lot better about the Saints, but I'm kind of team Jameis still, maybe to a fault. So I, oh, I'm not even team Jameis, but I just think that, again, that clarity would make me feel so much better about the outlook of that team. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Now, we will see what happens here. In uh, We talked to our next guest, mix of golf, mix of football, mix of fun. Uh, one of my favorite people on the internet, Will Brinson joins us next. We'll talk to you guys soon. Very happy to welcome into the pod, Will Brinson, senior writer for CBS Sports. Now, Will and I share a lot in common. We like football. We like gambling. We like golf. We like golden tea. Right, Will? Like, we, we, we've crossed paths here uh, via the internet over a lot of different scopes, whether it's sports or gaming or otherwise. 
Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much my entire life. Uh, and outside of, you know, oh, we like, we like mowing lawns. Yes. We like cold beer. We like cold yeah. beer. Marcus, yeah, yeah. Marcus is so, uh, in this group as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of us in that group, I guess, as you expand it. Um, but, but, uh, well, no, I, I've got to, before we dive into the AFC and thank you for joining us. I want to talk. Sure. I remember I'm on the internet one day I'm on Twitter, <laughs> perusing my normal thing. And I'm looking through and there's a tweet up of a daily fantasy contest. I want you to fill in the blanks of everything that's going on. And it's <laughs> Will Brinson and it's $80,000. And I'm like, wait, that Will Brinson? Like, <laughs> I, and, and so take us through what it was, the nervousness. Like, that's a cash, man. Like, that's a major cash. So take us through what event it was, the day it was, and all the, all the things that went into it. Well, um, so I buy, uh, actually, I guess I cheated this one because I didn't, I didn't get the outright. When I hit an outright on a, on a golf event, I buy, um, I, buy a, I buy a hat, like a rope hat from that event. As you can see, I actually bought like five waste management hats because, uh, because it was the waste management Phoenix Open. Um, and I, I, I've been doing golf DFS for a while now, uh, probably you know, two, two, three years, something like that, um, dating back. And like, I run, you know, I run models and do all this stuff. Like, I'm pretty serious about it. And um, I had I'd put together a team. Uh, Brooks Kepko was the guy that, that won it for me. Um, but I had, I had gone into the week. I was like, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, uh, no Jordan Spieth or Xander Shoffley, who were the other guys who were kind of at the top. Uh, I had Justin Thomas in there, and like his grandfather died that week, and he played awful. Then, then he eagled 17. Uh, I had gone into the weekend Friday. It's a, it's a $15 entry, you know, 65,000 people, 200K to first. I go to Friday in first place. Like I woke up Saturday morning. It was like, you know, on your DraftKings app, it says like winning $205,000, $208,000. You're like, this is, I don't even like this. Like I'd rather be winning a thousand dollars. And then the, you know, you don't even want to be winning that much going into the weekend uh, and get to Sunday, you know, with the natural ebb and flow. Like if you have, if you're winning, you fall back at the beginning of the day because you don't have any golfers at the back of the mm-hmm. tournament. You have guys at the top. And so I'm, I'm like starting to lose. And right about the time my wife and son, it's Super Bowl Sunday. My wife and son come and come back home. You know, we're not traveling because you know, COVID uh, they come back home and they're like, Hey, like, how was your weekend? What's going on? I'm like, please leave me alone. This is, I'm, I'm like, I'm not trying not to tell them about the sweat and I got to do this pregame show for <laughs> CBS. And so I go to my office and I'm, I, I'm up in the office, like preparing for the show. Kepka holes out for Eagle um to to take the lead all of a sudden i leap back up and i'm in first place i went 200 grand again i'm flipping out and i know that this um i know that the show is coming and so we have to get on the air we're doing this live stream leading up to the super bowl talking about our you know, favorite bets and i am checked the bleep out like i am i'm glaring <laughs> over here at my tv and i'm supposed to be hosting and they're like hey do you want to move on to the next set of props i'm like uh-huh yeah like let me hold on brooks is putting and so we get to 18 and I'm in first place. I'm winning 200 grand. And all I need is for Scotty Scheffler to tie or beat Xander Schauffele on 18 for 200 grand. And again, I'm on this live stream and I'm just not paying attention. Like the other guys are having to host. Uh, Scotty hits one, his approach shot short of the green. Xander's drive is wayward up on this hill in the, in the rough. And I'm thinking, yes, let's go. And then that little mofo stuffs a shot inside five feet from that rough on, on approach makes his putt um and it's so actually lost 120 oh, grand no this is a sad story too <laughs> I, I won 80 grand so i'll take it but um it was uh, it was leading into the super bowl and uh you know like i, I was on a, my a buddy of mine sent this text to a group chat and was like look at brinson he's doing the stream he's not paying attention and then i sent one back i was like here's why i'm not paying attention they were like 
you just want like wait what and like, it was it was pretty wild i mean it's obviously the biggest gambling cash of my life but um yeah i mean you know brooks kepka i'm i'm hashtag team brooks forever as a result of so, that, that so cash. Though, and then one more follow-up so you yeah. you've got your site on 200 grand like i think we've all not to that scope honestly but we've all been in that emotion of like Oh, like me, it's normally when I'm gambling, like at a slot machine, right? Like I, I, oh, okay. I still won this and I probably should have walked away before I deposited this in. So what are the emotions when you have a, a massive score, like a score of a lifetime, which could have been double that? Like, how do you manage the immediate aftermath of what's going through your mind? And also um, work, I, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I really didn't, I mean, I, I think I lost my, I lost, I had the chiefs and like the, or the overs, you know, like, I, like I, I was like, well, like, who cares? Like, like whatever. Um, like, I, I didn't, I really didn't care about that Super Bowl very much at all, which is weird, you know, cause I'm like, I'm an NFL guy and I'm and it's, it's Super Bowl at home first time in like 10 years. So it was very, it was a whole, the whole thing was just very bizarre. Um, I, I don't, uh, I think part of it was, being having that number there the whole weekend mm -hmm. and knowing that it was it was legit like when you get six to six through and they're all at the top of the leaderboard you feel like you got a shot and you just need something to happen um and then being down and being out like at one point i was winning like 500 bucks or something like that or so it was it, it was gotten to the point where i was like oh my god this is like this is taking a turn for the for the very very bad and then all my dudes started making birdies and eagles um, and so, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I don't know. I was, I, I sort of blacked out. I think like, so that's typically what I do. Like, I don't get in those spots. Like I'll get emotional. Like, I'm like, come on, like, let's go, let's go. Like I'm, I'm cheering it on like a, like a dumbass fan, but mostly I just black out and, and hope that, hope that my guys win. So, so yeah. Will, did you tell your wife, like how much money you were, you were winning at any point or did she not know at all? So no, I didn't mention it at any point, <laughs> but I did text her and was like, check this s out and she was like wait what it's a good thing i did because so um i tweeted that i was just tweeting like i love you brooks kepka and you know the screenshot of the of the 80 grand and uh my a buddy of ours trip who lives in concord and is good friends with my wife with my brother-in-law oh no yeah. texted my brother and was like did you did you bridge just 180 grand and so then his <laughs> wife texted me my wife and, and my brother-in-law like within five minutes of me texting my wife so if i hadn't texted her and she found out from my her, like yeah. her sister-in-law yeah. she'd be like all right all right i want a full uh like I, somebody get the black light <laughs> i need i need forensic accountants in his office right now yeah. i want i want you i want you i need to see every dfs contest you've entered like <laughs> It gives you a little leeway. Over yeah. There. So, Will, if your wife is anything like mine, you are. She probably already had that money spent before you won it, right? Because let's. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I won a big NFL bet this year, and that money was completely spent before it even was officially cashed. So. Oh yeah, my kid's going to private school. We're redoing the kitchens. Uh, and she doesn't think like, and I'm like, look, it's 80 grand, but it's yeah, it's know, taxed. Like, yeah, taxes. It's coming out like they're coming for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, like in her mind, I won a million dollars. She, she was like, we're rich. I'm like, it's, it, it's, it goes it, fast. I mean, it's a lot yeah, of money. I mean, it's the score of a lifetime, but yes, by the time not, the I mean, taste like, I, I, this out. sounds like very privileged, Ryan Wilson and John Breach yelled at me for this, but I mean, it's not like, it is not, it is life altering money. It's not life changing. Money. Correct. I like, agree. Like we're going to go on a cool 10th anniversary trip, which is was on Friday. Um, well, we're going to Pinehurst on Friday, but we're doing another bigger trip later, but it's not like, you know, you, I mean, it's not like you can not, stop working, right? But, I quit my yeah, job. Yeah, people yeah. are like, you quit your job. I was like, <laughs> nuts. It, also, prob 
what is football because your... i won 80 grand like what? no that's what has been your daily fantasy experiences since have you had any close calls are you does, oh, has it changed the way you view them it has to right like there's no way it can yeah i mean i think i've gotten so i've been i've been trying to win these tickets every week to get into the um the world fantasy golf championships i've had some pretty i've had some pretty close calls uh, I had some six to six cash fantasy golf is really hard. It is. Hard. I mean, it is really, it is. You, you have to grind on it. And I had a uh, Cantlay's double bogey at the PGA on like 16 or whatever it was down the stretch cost me about 30 grand. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> you know, so these tickets to get into this fantasy golf championship each, you, you, it's like winner take all there's 150 people in the tournament and the tickets worth 16 K or something like that. 16.5 K or something like that. And then second place is $250. Yeah. It's a pretty wild swing. And um, I, I was in first in one of those Cantley double bogeys, Louis birdie 17. And all of a sudden I'm you know winning a hundred bucks. And so that was, uh, that was in, in two of those contests. That was pretty tough. Cause it looked like I was going to pull, that was, you know, last weekend, I should probably burn this hat. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that one's been close. I, I've had a couple others where um I, I've sort of been one of the way I've changed how I do it is I've, I've sort of been trying to narrow like enter smaller contest, you know, maybe, you know, the freedom to, you get a big score like that. You can adjust your bankroll and you can enter, you know, maybe enter the $200 single entry where if you cash, you're, you're, you know, getting five times your you know entry, but it's easier to cash. Like you don't have to have a six of six that's running really hot to actually make some decent cash. Um, wow. Uh, yes, all of it. And before we get you out of here, we're going to get U.S. Open picks, by the way, too. But let's transition to football, the the sport. Do you that you... Palmetto, Palmetto, Palmetto Open talk. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah the, the, maybe that other big tournament coming up. But yes, the sport that you were very distracted from. That frankly, I'm distracted of, uh, immediately. But uh, Julio, right? This is this is a thing that has actually happened. Julio Jones now with the Titans. Uh, well, I guess my first question is how terrifying are those skill position players? But also, what is, yeah, the, the whole, the, the basic question is, what is the impact of a move like this, assuming the guy could stay healthy? Yeah, I think it's pretty huge because if, like, I, you know, look, Julio, I said before that if, if you wanted to bet the Titans, you needed to bet the Titans before the possible trade because they would probably become the favorites. And they did flip ahead of the Colts. I don't know that that necessarily – you know, I think our, our CBS Sims or whatever had it as a half game improvement and a half game decline for the Falcons, which is probably about realistic for the value, even of a, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. That's just the nature of football. You know, one guy, one, the, 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 the impact of one guy, while, while big is, you know, when you actually look at the simulations and how it works, not, not as big as you might think. Um, and maybe Julio's not worth making the Titans favorites. I still think they're the best team in there. Um, the problem for the Tennessee and why they had to make this deal was that their second wide receiver is Josh Reynolds, who they signed a free agency. And that was Corey Davis and John o. Smith. And then, I mean, they are, they are, they were perilously thin at, at wide receiver before they traded for Julio. I still think they need a little more depth, but this gives them a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, it'll be curious to see, you know, is he going to be happy if he's getting, you know, he's chopping targets with AJ Brown. They're a run first team, but maybe the defense is bad enough where this team ends up being in a lot of shootouts. It looks like it could be pretty terrible. I think Bud Dupree should improve their sack total, but this is not a, it's not a great defense. And I, I do have questions about Tennessee as a whole. I kind of think Jacksonville is an interesting bet. Um, if you really believe in Trevor Lawrence to win the division, just because Carson wins could still suck. And there's, I think the Titans have somehow kind of worked their way into a, 
Texans, Cowboys, Stars and Scrubs type of roster. I don't know if they meant to do it or or how, but how it worked out. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like social media, like who's stopping this offense? I mean, AJ Brown, you know, Julio, Derrick Henry is about as it, it looks like a team of Julius Peppers or something out there at the skill <laughs> position. So, so Will, I think what you're trying to say is we think the Titans got better, but it still seems like they're in that tier two of teams in the AFC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've got ball, I've got Kansas City, Buffalo, and Baltimore in the first tier, and I could be talked into Kansas City, Buffalo, and then like Baltimore yeah, yeah. in yep. a tier two of its own, and then Cleveland, Tennessee. I put New England in that next tier. Uh, maybe Miami, if you want to, as well. I have the Chargers in the next tier too, but I'm really high on the Chargers this year. Um, and then uh, obviously the Broncos are there, and Rodgers would shake things up a little bit. The but AFC I think, yeah. is loaded, right? That, that's yeah. the, my biggest takeaway: is if the Titans are the sixth, seventh, or eighth best team in the conference, that's just—it's just the best I think I've seen this conference in a long time. I I would agree with that, and the NFC is really just. In, I know this is—we're talking AFC, but just to juxtapose it. I mean, if Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers, the NFC is suddenly like crazy thin because you have the NFC West, which is loaded. But, I, you know, nobody's going to prop up the NFC East, even though I think most of those teams got better. The NFC North with no Rodgers is bad. wide open yeah. and real bad. I guess Minnesota is the favorite. I, certainly Detroit can't win it, right? Um, and the NFC South, yeah, I think Tampa could be dominant. New Orleans is a huge wild card, and, and then Atlanta is obviously getting worse as they go on to Carolina, still a toss-up. So, yeah, I mean, I think the AFC, if you're looking for a bet, um, what's the AFC probably in the Super Bowl right now? Minus two or minus three? Yeah. Maybe, it might even be more. It might be like minus five. But I think that's actually a, a decent little look right now because people are so enamored with Tampa Bay. You're more likely to get a high-end team in the Super Bowl out of the AFC than you are out of the NFC. Well, are I'm staying on that thought. Are we doing maybe the same thing with the Chiefs? Like, I, I get it. Like, Mahomes, they invested in the O-line. Uh, people in the Julio spirit were kind of just playing fantasy football, right? Like, oh, my God, this is a super team. And yet you look at the odds with a really good division, what, two, two and a half to one, basically, to come out of the AFC. That seems you, – you mentioned the Chargers, right? Like, I just don't – I love the Chiefs. I love Mahomes. I, I, it's a bet that I get why people would make, and yet with the sheer depth of the conference growing, it becomes to me less of a. There's not a lot of value there. I guess is what I'm. I'm thinking. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I there's no way I'm betting the Chiefs at two and a half to one to win the AFC. You're. I mean, what what are they going to be? Let's say everything shakes out in sort of a chalky fashion. Like the Chiefs don't even have to get the one seed. If you don't get the one seed, then you got to play an extra game to get through the playoffs. Yep. And yep. football's random as hell. You know, the Chiefs got throttled by the Buccaneers as big favorites in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we've seen, you know, they lost to Tom Brady in the Patriots because D Ford lined up off sides. We, you know, it is an, it is a oblong shaped leather ball that grown men are running <laughs> around with. It's going to take funny hops and weird stuff's going to happen. And, you know, you look at the – I know Baltimore can't get past KC, but it's going to happen at some point. You know, it has a, a very Pistons-Jordan uh, feel yep. to it from the from the 90s with that. The Bills can beat the Chiefs. It, the Bills are the best roster in football, top to bottom, I think, and just in terms of pure depth. And uh, the Chiefs is, is shinier and prettier, but it's uh, – there's probably a car comparison there. Like the, the Chiefs are a Ferrari and the, and, the, and, the Bill, and the Bills are like a really, really nice – Lexus or I don't, I don't I don't know what they would be but like a very they're very trustworthy and I think Josh Allen proved a lot of us wrong um last year clearly with his performance you know the Chargers 
I think a coaching upgrade is going to take them to a different level. Um, you know, we, we've seen the Raiders mess around and beat the Chiefs. So, the, you know, there's just too many teams. The Browns you know, had the Chiefs on the ropes. There's too many teams for me to take that two and a half to one. I'd rather – I don't even know that – I haven't really looked at the AFC odds. I, I, looking at the Super Bowl odds, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it almost feels like with Super Bowl odds at this point that the books are so scared to get burnt by long shots that there's almost no value out there. We were talking about um, – uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Maybe it was the Titans or maybe it was the Chargers we were looking at. The Chargers were like 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I'd bet them at 50 to one. Mm. 35 to one? I mean, come on. Like they're the same. They're not, they're not winning the division, you know, I mean, more than likely. It's, it, it feels like all these odds are just half as short as they should be. And there's just not a ton of value in actual Super Bowl odds. It's parody, but it's not super parody, right? Like there's parody here. And you look at it. Uh, I'm looking now at DraftKings Chargers 33 to one, Titans 28 to one. Dallas 28 to one, right? Indy 25 to one, which to me, no, thank you. Um, I, I, think 20, I think 25 to one that Carson Wentz doesn't get like, doesn't get benched this year. That's more likely. It, 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 I would agree. Mark. I mean, Marcus, are you of that, of this group of where do you, you know, Miami 30 to one, no, thank you. Right. Like there's a yeah, lot of yeah. like, I, I think it's a really good point. Well, I don't see a ton of value in looking at this stuff, at least some of those mid range things. If you can get somebody off the back, Washington, if you want to do that thing, maybe, but I don't, I, I completely concur. It, it, it's it's frustrating because the chiefs are so cranked up as a favorite that logically. So I mean, the Broncos, the, you know, this is the Aaron Rodgers price, but they're 27 to one with the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, I'm like, like laughing, spinning, like Drew, like Drew Locks, 27 to one with the Super Bowl. I get, you got to put the price up there. I, I just, you're talking about, when the Chiefs are that big of a favorite, and I'm trying to see where they are. This I'm just looking at my local because I just haven't happened to have it open. Five, five to one Super Bowl, I five got. Five to one. Yeah. If the Chiefs are five to one, then these other teams should be like forty to yep. one naturally. Yep. There's no value anywhere across the board on these unless you just have, you know, unless you just know that. I mean, maybe the Saints at thirty-three to one. If you know that Jameis Winston, or you have a hunch that Saint Sean Payton's going to get the most out of Jameis Winston, maybe some value there. I mean, I guess the Vikings at like 50 to one, if, if you can look, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, Kirk Cousins is winning a Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> go for it. I, I just don't see a ton of value really anywhere. Out here. All right. Well, what about a, a sleeper in the AFC to just win the conference? Because I'm looking at some of these teams. The Titans are 13 to one. Uh, the Patriots are 16 to one. Is there a team that stands out to you that could potentially get hot in January? I, I do think the Patriots at 16 to one is a standout mm -hmm. for the AFC. Um, now, again, you're going to have to beat, you know, several quality teams in the playoffs. Um, you're going to have to get past the bills to win the division. I don't really hate the bills at six to one, I guess. I, I really like their roster, but the thing about new England that's interest me is um, one bill Belichick kind of went galaxy brain, like, economist on us this offseason where it's like nobody's spending because nobody's in money but i've got money so i'm going to spend and these guys are shining shorter deals because of the COVID offseason and i really think it was smart and he got players that fit what fit what he wants to do you know the kendrick Bourne nelson aguilar thing is a little weird mm -hmm. but they did need more just average players at wide receiver i love johnny smith i love hunter henry i think they'll get the most out of them cam newton i understand that patriots patriots fans didn't want to like cam but they were willing to trust Bill. And when Cam, when things went south for Cam, they were like, ah, oh, it's terrible. I knew it. I 
I knew it. He doesn't have it between the ears. I tell <laughs> That's like a good Boston accent, but you know what people yell about Cam. Um, I wasn't even trying to do Boston accent, honestly. The, the thing about Cam, though, he played pretty good in his first three games. And then he got COVID. And I don't know, like, I'm not trying to make some scientific link here, but it is really weird that of the primary athletes that we've heard about that have suffered COVID after effects, Evan Fournier in Boston, Jason Tatum in Boston, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox, and Cam Newton, who played like absolute crap when he came back from that COVID case. I, it is odd. It's just, it's just a coincidence that all these Boston area guys like, I don't know if it's like a different strain or something or whatever it was, but these guys got COVID and we're really struggling with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think Cam was in a new offense in a shortened off season um, on a new team with crappy weapons. And he played pretty well for the first three games, got COVID and then maybe it just knocked him out. And so I'm willing to give him more of a second chance here at 16 to one than I think other people are. And you have now, the, the you know break glass in case of emergency Matt Jones thing. Well, I also want to throw in that offensive line got better this offseason. Like I know they lost Joe Thune, but they brought in Trent Brown who played left tackle for them when they won the Super Bowl. Now he's going to play right tackle. You look at that offensive line from left tackle to right tackle. It's one of the best three or four units in the league. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball. They're getting a bunch of guys back on defense, you know, including Dante Hightower. So, you know, they're going to have a top three or four defense. So if they can run the ball, they can, you know, have a good offensive line. They have a good defense. If they can get anything out of their playmakers, you know, John Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, I think it could be a top 15 offense. And with Bill Belichick, that's, you know, you're just never going to count them out. You're never going to get the Patriots to this price. Either. No, no. Agreed. This is as down as you're going to get them. I bet them to win the AFC East. Uh, I got four, maybe a little over four to one. Um, I think they're probably closer to three and a half to one or three to one now. I still don't mind it. I mean, they were, you know, they had that game against Seattle early in the season where they, you know, Cam got stuffed at the one yard line. Um, You know, they had a couple other close games where if they win them, suddenly they're right there in the division. Now, again, I think Buffalo is a much better team and a much better roster, but, and Sean McDermott's a great coach and they have a better quarterback, but it's Bill Belichick and you got pissed off Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl in his face. He knows what people are saying. He knows the streets are talking and they're saying, Hey, Bill, you missed the playoffs and Tom won the Super Bowl. I mean, it's like, you know, we were, we didn't think we'd get a clear, you know, designation about legacy and all that in one year, but Tom won the Super Bowl. So I, I think Belichick is mad is going to, is going to try and uh, you know, make some noise. And I think he's got the, as Marcus points out, uh, sort of an underrated, the underrated weapons to do it. Well, what do you do with the AFC North? Like it, you talk, we talked about the Chargers and the Bills and the Chiefs. Chiefs and New England, and then uh, Marcus and I have kind of done ping pong, I feel like, with this division, and we'll continue to do so. So you've got the Ravens plus 125, you've got the Browns plus 145, their Super Bowl odds are about the same, right? These two teams are being treated in, you know, from a gambling sense, very similar. Do you have a lean on one of them? Is it going to go back and forth? Do you think it's close? How do you treat them? I mean, am I, you guys can tell me, maybe I'm being a little um too rigid in my stereotypes here but i i just can't i can't get behind these browns odds like it's still <laughs> cleveland and I, I i love baker mayfield i think kevin stefanski is a great coach they have an awesome offensive line I, it's this it's elite too far for me for them to be like 15 to 1 to win the super bowl and to be the same odds as the ravens i mean the ravens are stacked 
Like, what am I? What, I mean, maybe maybe you can have issues with their pass rush, safety. Uh, but this is a Baltimore team that just wins a ton of games every year. They had a down season last year with some unlucky events, and you know, and you know, it was a tough, it was a tough year for everybody. I just don't, I don't put as much stock into what happened in twenty twenty as it relates to future outcomes, I think quite as much as other people do. And so while I think Cleveland is really good and probably the second best team in the division and can certainly win the division, I Baltimore, for me, if you're getting plus money on the Ravens to win this division, I'll take that all day. I feel the same way, Adam, because I think uh, this Baltimore team had the season from hell last year, right? With all the COVID stuff, I think they went like 20 straight days without having a practice. Because of all yeah. the COVID stuff, Lamar Jackson missed time, Mark Andrews missed time, J.K. Dobbins missed time, and yet they were still really competitive. And I also don't think it hurts that Lamar won his first playoff game last year, right? So I think that seems like it's going to build some confidence. They revamped their wide receiver room. Uh, they've talked about improving that passing game with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. I don't think they're in the Chiefs level, but would it surprise anybody for them to win 11, 12 games this year? Absolutely not. So, Will, and, and also I just, just – uh, Sorry, I was well, going to say the Browns. The other thing about – my bad. The other thing about Cleveland is that, um, you know, this is not – I'm not some – you know, this is not some revelation, but you go and look at the, you know, expected win-loss based on your points score, points for and points against. The Browns were a 7.7 win team last year and won 11 games. That is a – that is a major – if you do analytical regression discussion about win totals at all, that is a huge red flag for the Cleveland Browns. Even as, you know, a new coach, weird offseason, you know – it's that 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 one that one's on my radar. I think they had a plenty of well single win or single digit wins. Maybe I'm wrong, but that one is uh, that one's certainly on my radar for for Cleveland. Maybe taking a little step back. One more team in that division. Will uh, the, this podcast has made it clear how it feels about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, uh, despite I love Najee Harris, dude, college guy, 230 pound ballerina. He, he's going to do amazing things. I'm pretty confident of that. However. Dot, dot, dot. Pittsburgh Steelers, where where do they factor in all of this, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I said last year that the Steelers were going to finish. I, it was sort of a bold, dumb prediction. I, you know, you get to August, and I start to, like, get a little too cute. We get all get it's weird. Like, I get it. Oh, yeah. It's like when oh, I'm yeah. sitting my DFS lineups at 1 a.m., and I've, you know, I've indulged in some, you know, some chewy fruits, and uh, <laughs> and I'm having a glass of bourbon, and I'm like, oh, you know who, you know who's gonna. That's a, that's how I hit, I hit Phil Nicholson first round leader at Wells Fargo because I was like, I was like, it's Lefty Week, it's Lefty Week. <laughs> Some of your was, best and worst work come in those situations. Not just you, by the way, mine as well. Of course not. Yeah, like I galaxy brain, I'm like galaxy brain mind myself into talking into this, <laughs> like the Steelers are gonna finish last in the division behind Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and then of course they're the they win eleven straight games. I, I I don't think my thought process was crazy though because of the way that they finished. And I have I have major concerns about the Steelers team. One, they didn't address the offensive line. The no. offense, I mean, that is the that is the crux of what Pittsburgh has really operated on for for years is having a good offensive line to prop up Ben. So they're gonna have to get the ball out really quick with Ben again. He threw 600 passes last year. Two year, three years ago, he threw 600 passes, and his arm fell off in week two. Um, you know, they drafted running back in the first round. Look, Najee Harris, I, I'm with you, Adam. Like, he's a great player, but I mean, it's not, he's not even analytics anymore. It's basic common sense. It's the Julio you factor, too, right? Yep. We're going to do the same thing with Najee that we're doing with Julio. Yep. Right, exactly. And then defensively, the budget pre loss is, I know that, um, 
you know, they, they think they've got guys in house that can step up Alex Highsmith, for instance, but the Bud Dupree loss is a pretty big one. When he went down with injury last year, that defense took a turn for the worst. You know, they have stars on, on defense. I don't, I have questions about their cornerbacks mm-hmm. and, you know, TJ Watts going to see a lot more double teams. They should be good on defense. I don't know if they will be top five on defense. So if the offense takes a step back because of the line and the defense takes a little step and is only top 10 instead of top five or even top 15 instead of top five, I, you know, I think they could be, I think they could, this could be the year they finished last in the division. They also had some incredible luck last year. They played seven backup quarterbacks in a 16 game schedule, which that's just absolutely that's insane. And then, you know, this is a defense that is designed to beat up on bad quarterbacks. Whenever they faced a good quarterback, they traditionally get shredded. So to, to play basically half the season against bad quarterbacks is extremely lucky. I will say, though, they are currently plus 400 to win the division. And I think you can get some value there because I do think they're going to win maybe 10, 11 games because they do have a good defense. And I think the offense can have enough. I think they've got enough firepower. So I think there is some value here with Pittsburgh at plus 400. Let's wrap this thing up where we started, of course, which is golf. Will, uh, I have tried, okay? Marcus knows my struggles <laughs> with trying to find a winner. I've, I've been a week off. It feels like I'm in on Kalamorakala, boom. He, I mean, and yeah. I, I think you could probably you get outrights. Oh, I've had 11 outrights this year. Okay, well, well wonderful. Insane. Like, I had Patrick Cantley last week. Like, Rom gets COVID with a six-stroke lead that went in a playoff. Like, it's like, what is happening? This is the most absurd heat check of all That is amazing, first of all, that you were on the other side of that because we've talked about people that were on the Rom side. Have you looked at U.S. Open odds yet, and do you have any early feelers out there for everybody listening? Yeah, I mean, I will uh, – I'll say a couple of bets that I think are interesting, and I they're not, I don't even see them up just because they're it's top finishing position, but I would say my boy Scotty Scheffler, if you look at his major record, he has been un- – he hasn't closed, and he, I don't know that he'll be there to win. I'm going to bet him because I, I will I will be betting on Scotty Scheffler when he wins his first – he's my favorite golfer. When he wins his first tournament, I will have him because I bet him every week. Um, so I will bet him out right at the U.S. Open, but I think top 20 and top 10 for him are really good bets. That could pay off nicely. They'll be pretty good odds because you're talking about a major field. And if you look at his, I'm just going to bring it up really quickly. By the way, Rom, Rom at eight to one, despite the yeah. fact that he's going to have two days to play, uh, but he was playing great. Is fascinating. I'd be interested to see how that's bet around a little bit. Now you know what you can do at sports like sportsbook.ag too, and I don't know if you can do this at all the 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 you know non-offshore spots, but if, hypothetically, if you were to bet at these, uh, you can parlay. Huge tennis favorites with John oh, yeah. Rom to get Rom cooked up to like twenty to one, which is <laughs> I'm probably going to pepper like uh, Stefan Titsipas and 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 Rafael Nadal over the next couple of days and it. like parlay with Rom and just try to get my building them. Just keep right, building right. them. That's All amazing. Blown degenerate here, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, we need to get Adam to start betting on top ten and top twenty. We've been trying so long on this podcast, but he just takes outright I'm, winners. I'm, and it's, it, it kills him every week. I'm stubborn, yeah. Will. Like I want that win. You know, you need to find one guy to go top five, top 10, top 20 and outright. And then that way you can set it up where you do like a quarter unit on the outright half unit on the top 20, you know, and so where you, if he wins, you're going to win huge, but you can still you know, you profit. Um, Scotty missed the cut at the 2019 U S open, but he has a, he has in his, in 2020 and 2021, he's played the masters in the PGA and hasn't finished lower than 19th. 
okay. uh, with two top tens and one top five at the PGA. So I know U.S. Open a little bit different beast, but I think his game applies anywhere. So I, I'd be interested in that. And then I saw Kyle, my buddy Kyle Porter tweeted this out uh, over the last decade. Xander Schauffele, a hundred percent top ten finishes at the U.S. Open. So just bet Xander at. I mean, he'll probably be plus at some point. Yeah. Five, just bet him top 10 at the US Open. He's going to get involved. Probably not going to win. Uh, but, you know, certainly Xander is a guy that'd be interested in. As far as outrights, uh, I took, uh, I've got a couple that I put in uh, a while back. I mean, I put in Will Zalatoris. Um, I think I put in Max Homa. I don't, those are sort of more longer shots. I, I would say that Rom is definitely interesting because he's going to be, he's playing great golf. He's a Tory Pines guy. That's just if everything fits his game and he just got screwed out of $1.5 million because he didn't get the vax. So I would guess that he's probably pretty pissed off and would like to make some more money. And this, this course fits him really well. I am, I'll, I'll tell you this. So I, I, we're recording this on Wednesday. I'm just, I don't know if it goes up Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. Um, if you look at Dustin Johnson at the Houston open before the November masters, he was on fire. His form's been terrible lately. Mm. He's 15 to one at the U S open. That is a long number for DJ. If I'm going to watch his first round at, at the, at the pal, the Palmetto open down there in low country here in <laughs> South Carolina, um, it, you know, home course, wide open fairways. If DJ is striping, if he's hitting his irons really well and, and playing good golf and, and rolling the putter, I'm going to go ahead and take him at 15 to one now, because that's too long of a number for, for a guy like him. Um, I, I'm not going to get suckered into Tony fee now again this week. Just looking at the. I'll give you, you one. Look, I'll give you one. Pat. I, I kind of like Patrick Reed. I, I mean, I hate rooting for Patrick Reed, but uh, he's finished inside the top fifteen in three of the last six years in the U.S. Open, and he won the Farmers yeah. this past year. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think he can do it. I think he's twenty-five to one to to win. Uh, so not terrible. I I would not be surprised at all if he has a, a you know a great weekend. Uh, all right. I, I got a 30 to one. That's, it's a great bet. Yep. Um, the other guy I bet uh, a few months ago and he's still not nice value because he's kind of fallen off the, um, the scene a little bit is Will Zalatoris who everyone loves oh, yeah. and has a game fit for fit for Tory. So, I, I, you know, he top five of the masters. I think he can make a move here in, in at the US Open too. All right. Well now getting it back to football one last time. Well, before we get you out of here, where, where could people find your work? What do you guys got going on leading into the season? Uh, obviously, I know a lot of the guys over there, too. Great group that you're working with. So what's going on on uh, the CBS front? Yeah, uh, we're just banging out podcasts. Try to do daily NFL podcasts, Pick 6 podcasts. You can get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, uh, wherever, wherever else you get your podcast. Uh, we're doing that, trying to get try, – this is the window – we're trying not to talk too much about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know, it's getting like, and I, I don't mind talking about Aaron Rodgers or Julio, but it's, it's, you know, those are the, it's, the, those are so big just in terms of, you know, like if you do a radio hit, you're like, all right, like, which, all right, well, you want to start with Rodgers? You want to start with Julio? Like, which one, which one do you want to start with? There's not even, we're not even talking about Deshaun Watson. He's, he's like, Deshaun Watson's off the radar, which I'm sure Deshaun Watson likes. Um, I, I, uh, so we're trying to avoid that maybe get to a little vacation time and then, uh, and then gear up and start, you know, start grinding on, on these win totals and, and best bets. There's nothing I love better than NFL futures. I know um, we, we share that as it's, well. It's, it's just the best. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have to have you back on 
Uh, and look Anytime. forward to connecting soon, man. Take care. Appreciate Will stopping by. We will get him on soon, hopefully to get some golf winners, talk some NFL futures. Uh, just a really fun guy to talk to. Reminder, guys, uh, share the pod. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Check out thegameday.com uh, to see what offers our affiliates have. Uh, we appreciate Will once again. For Marcus Mosher, for Adam Kramer, we'll talk to you guys next week.